I am so grateful for 60 Minutes. Did you guys know the Fed may not cut rates in March? Breaking news on their show yesterday. We'll discuss that. We'll discuss Friday's price action. Oh, wow. A buy fast. And uh, will it continue today? Earnings from Mickey D's and Cat Estee Lauder. Mrs. Cut Jobs. That's a good thing. It's trading higher. One of our top guests, Jeremy Schwartz, 835. It's Monday morning. Wake up. It's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your hosts, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders, investors. We're in the red a little bit. Seven and a quarter handles, 49.73. After that all-time closing high, can you say 5K this week? Uh, doing this uh, with a strong dollar up, 36 cents, 104.14. Bonds getting pounded. Second day in a row, down over a point in under 121. Crude quietly backs off near 80 here, down 15 cents, 72.13. Gold moving down 15.60 at 20.38.10. Silver going the same way, twice on a percentage basis, down 32 cents at 22.47. And Bitcoin holding steady up $345 at $43,530. Let's bring in a clean shaven dentist and, uh, why don't we bring Aaron in on the hop too? How how you boys doing? How was your weekend? Aaron, go good. first. It was good, Joel. I mean, we had a a good weekend here in Detroit. Weather's a little bit warmer, so you saw downtown Detroit. I mean, it was just buzzing because I think people had been cooped up the past couple weekends when it was you know ten degrees, and because it was like thirty, people were like, "Oh my god, it's like basically summer." So all the restaurants were packed, impossible to get tables anywhere, and so but it was a good weekend. It was fun. Uh, how about you, Dennis? Uh, same thing. It's just mild. You know, I'm up in Georgian Bay. It's very mild. I was out on the bay. We did a little bit of uh, skating there early, but then yesterday's sun got so warm and then the top layer just kind of goes to slush. There is six inches out there in front of me. I went and measured it. So <sighs> it's safe to go on at four. So we were out there, but it was tough when the sun came out in the afternoon. It just went a little bit slushy on top. So hopefully, you know, we get a little bit. Colder weather coming because I'd like to do you know, a little bit of hockey out there and the nets and everything ready to go. But the the weather's mild this year. And then Joel, uh, you got Joel, you got you got active this weekend. I did, I did, I did for the second time since COVID. I got back and uh, did some racing in the pool. And you know what? I still got some jets, man. I, I do. I do. There you, go. you 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 might if you guys are in the chat there and you want to challenge Joel to a race. Let me just advise that you do it on on land or some sort, any, any, <laughs> anywhere but a pool. Because if you get in a pool yeah. or an ocean, land Joel, air is okay, sea is not. Yeah, exactly. Don't yeah. challenge yeah. Joel in sea. Do not challenge Joel in the <laughs> sea. Uh, all right, let's talk about Friday real quick before we get into the headlines today. Oh. I mean, of course. Oh. You know, we were here on Friday pre-market talking about the meta move and the move just continued. Um, and you also saw, I mean, Apple was the one big stock last Thursday. Of course, you had Amazon, Meta and Apple report. Amazon and Meta blew it out of the water. The stocks were trading up after hours Thursday and all morning. But yeah. Apple was trading lower. And then, of course, you know, people went out and started buying the dip. And Apple actually from the Ooh. open to close on Friday, like almost, you know, recovered all gains and finished green. So you just saw a, a, a bunch of resiliency in tech. And I mean, that meta move, that was one that you saw even mainstream media, CNN, et cetera, like reporting, you know, you know, the stock's a big news when you see them reporting on it. And it's not just CNBC and us yeah. and other financial media. Uh, Cause I mean, the, the headlines were that Zuck made X amount of billions of dollars today, all this stuff. So either way, just incredible price action on Friday, of course, 
Um, I mean, what, what is your guys' take on this? I mean, it's by the dip in tech. And um, I kind of thought they may not because it's not the pure AI, but, you know, people talk in the Vision Pro and talk and everything else, and people are just hungry for tech stocks. There's money managers that have been left behind, and when we're getting tech on dips, they're coming in, and they're coming in and buying. And that's just what it is. And it's the biggest, you know, so I guess it's the second biggest company now with Microsoft taking the lead. But people aren't going to let, you know, a five-point dip in Apple go away. You know, we've seen, you know, tell these tech stocks get bought on, you know, crappy reports. And the Apple report wasn't that bad. It was just simply expectations, which is, you know, probably a little bit too high, maybe, you know. And, and the growth, obviously, you can, it, yeah. you can pick it apart and find parts. But it wasn't like a disastrous report. So I think a money manager saying, look, we have this Vision Pro coming. It's going to be a game changer for them. And I think it is long term. I don't know short term if it's going to move the needle. But long term, I think it is as well. And people are just positioning themselves ahead of that. Yeah, and let's talk. I mean, the Vision Pro, you know, came out at the end of last week. Been seeing videos all over Twitter, yeah. all over different, you know, social media sites of people posting their Vision Pro. Yeah. Some videos, people doing some things that maybe they shouldn't be doing with them, whether that be Riding driving cars. or driving. A, you know, there was a video of someone driving a Tesla, a guy crossing the street. But, you know, I saw a lot of other videos of people just walking around their house showing it. Say, OK, here's where I got my you know TV screen set up. I've got a YouTube of a cooking channel right above my stove. And so you yeah. started to see some people finding some use cases for it. Looks pretty neat. I don't know how much, you know, practicality or, you know, how many use cases there are for it right now, but it's one of those things that you can just see the technology and say, okay, this thing is just going to progress and progress and be able to do more and more things. Uh, so let us know in the chat, you know, if you guys have been seeing videos of the vision pro, what do you guys think? Do, do the videos make you want one? Are you guys going to go out and, and you know, test drive one, per se, or, or you know, maybe wait for the next iteration? I want one. You know, I'm just sitting there and I'll answer the question. I kind of want it. But I'm worried about the headache situation because, you know, I go on any type of rides, even when I went to Disney, and I can get headaches from, like, you know, and then you put this on and now you're in a different world. So I'm slightly worried about that. So I'd almost need to test drive it before going out and getting it. But I think it looks cool. And I think the technology is going to be there. Again, the bulkiness I've talked about in the price point are the two issues. But don't argue with the technology, man. It looks pretty phenomenal. So and as people are walking around, it's free advertising for Apple here, AB. I mean, it's getting so much media attention, like the person driving the Tesla wearing it. It's like it, people are talking about this now. They weren't talking about it last week, but people are talking about this over the weekend here. So, I mean, that's only good news for Apple. And it's a main reason why I think Apple is trading up here this morning again. You know, so the more buzz about this, the more good. And that candle caught some people too. Even talking oh, technicals oh, there, Joel. We'll throw it to you on that. Yeah, yeah. We talked about the 180 and, you know, you buy things going, it's going down. You took a little bit of heat, but only the 179 and a quarter. And then it just took off that, you know, they're buying the spoos. They've got to buy the Apple. I just say, you know, that 180's history, so I'm just going to talk about something more relevant today. Last three highs are right at the 187 area. Spoos are down. It's above 187. Keep an eye on that early. It holds 187. There's some room on the upside. Uh, if not, you start to go red a little bit. Well, red's way down at 85.85. But uh, off the hop, Apple needs to hold 187. And just as far as the Vision Pro, I mean, what's the size difference from like the Metagon? I think they're pretty similar right now. And I think over time, the, the, you know, goal is to make these a little bit more sleek. I mean, Dennis has mentioned that he, he thinks that you'll see wider adoption once they're able to put it into like a, a Ray-Ban type sunglasses versus, you know, having this, this huge goggle thing on your face. But that was what was almost interesting is, I mean, Friday was all about how great Meta's quarter was and the stock's up 20%. And then Apple puts out this headset and people, all the analysts are like, That's oh yeah. They're about. The, well, then they're like, this just blows Meta's, blows Meta's out of the water. Could you imagine if Meta had actually, you know, kind of hit on this quest thing versus now people seem to be a lot more, think that Apple Vision Pros is stronger, even though Meta's kind of had the head start working on this for a few years. But it's kind of, I don't know, it's almost kind of vindication for Zuck saying, hey, at least they were on the right track. They were working on something yeah. everyone thought they were, throwing money down the drain and then here comes apple uh and puts out the product and you know seeing some people in the chat a lot of different responses we had one person i think say they got one 
Uh, Lori B said she's blown away by it, bought it life changing. And some people are saying, you know, like, no, they don't want it. And I've, I've been seeing people questioning Apple on this, basically being like, this is the first Apple product I think is silly. I don't, you know, whatever. And it's like, to me, it, it's Apple. They're not going to put this product out. With that price point, had they, you know, had they not done their research, it's the biggest company in the world. It's the company with the, the most cash does. on hand. What they do, AB, is they do everything right. I mean, when you have Apple coming into your pool, you do not want to compete with Apple. And I think it's the same thing with, you know, obviously we know what happened to BlackBerry, but I think it's going to be the same thing. I think nobody's going to buy the Meta product. And not that that was a big money maker for Meta, but... This Apple, and, and to Lori's point, she says it's, it's a whole different animal here. I just, you know, the, the stuff they come up with, they take their time releasing the products because they do them absolutely right. And I think it's going to be the same thing here. I do think it's going to be the two and the three that move this, like this, the version two, version three. They'll get the bulkiness thing figured out. But I think five years from now, we're all talking and maybe, you know, using stuff like this for different reasons, for different things. I don't know. We're driving cars and wearing our now, Apple I don't know that, goggles, you know, like we're driving like. cars because we're going to have driverless cars, Dennis. Well, then you can. The Vision Pro works. And you're going to be then. using your Vision Pro. So you it works. on the back seat. No, I just want to say one thing about the meta earnings. And I don't know if I heard this much in mainstream media. media. I mean, the numbers are great. The buyback's great initiating a dividend for a tech stock. But how much of this was attributed to the job cuts, right? The financial engineering. I haven't heard it mentioned. Everyone was just rah, 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 rah on the numbers, which they should be in the additional news. But just, you know, this market's been fickle. You know, job cuts, we rally it. I mean, it's a little bit of financial engineering, only giving back a buck for uh in the red by a buck 46 today. We'll just keep an eye on the old time closing high price of 474.99 for Meta. All right, well, while we're on tech, we did get some other news in the big tech land. Foxconn, one of the main suppliers of Apple, uh, reported some data and and said Nvidia chips, go figure, are basically impossible to get right now. That yeah. you know that the supply is not going to be able to keep up with the the demand for Nvidia chips. Uh, and then separately, you had Goldman Sachs raise Nvidia's price target to eight hundred dollars. Nvidia, Nvidia trading higher this morning, up about three percent. Uh, to about $680 a share. I mean, I think I, there's nothing really else to say about this move in NVIDIA. It just can't stop, won't stop. Seems to be going higher every single day. I mean, what are the odds that NVIDIA comes out and lowers guidance? Like, let's just say they have poor guidance. They're, they're talking about shortages. Like, people can't get enough of these chips. I think the odds, like, when it reports, and when is it due to report, A.B.? Um, let me go ahead and pull up? it up in the calendar. It's always at the end. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're, February they're... February 21st Ooh, after the market closed. Two weeks. I mean, is the odds they lower guidance almost zero? I think it is. I I like being long stocks that have very little odds of coming in saying, oh, you know what? This AI thing just isn't working out. You know, and we're going to have to, you know, just back off our guidance a little bit here because, you know, they're just not buying the chips. That's not happening, folks. The odds more lean to we cannot supply. We cannot meet demand. Don't you want to own companies that can't meet demand? Don't you want to own companies that are producing as much as they can and they still can't meet demand? There are so many people that hate this stock. All I heard over the weekend, 666, because NVIDIA closed at like 666 or whatever it was, you know, uh, or the high. Then they didn't close at 666, but the high intraday oh. on Friday oh, was man. 666 on the money. Oh, Everybody's gosh. talking about the 666 high because the S&P during the financial crisis, crisis. bottomed at 666 on the, on the dot. The S&P was 666. Now it's 4,900. That's crazy to think about, you know, just 15 years ago. But all I heard about is 666. Yep, this is it. This is the end of NVIDIA. And I come in, and it didn't even last the weekend. And it's up another 20 bucks. How do you stop this stock when they're firing on all cylinders? This market is all about short-termism. 
It's all about what have you done for me lately or what are you going to do for me tomorrow? And this stock is doing nothing but firing on all cylinders. So I don't know where it's going. I haven't sold any NVIDIA shares. I honestly, I screwed up. Look at the SMCI. I took half the profits. The stock goes higher. AMD, I took half the profits. The stock is now higher than when I bought it. Then, you know, even though they dipped afterwards and I saw I probably sold them well, I didn't rebuy them. And this is the same mistake. I just think NVIDIA is just so in demand and it's not going away. And every company's thinking about how to get into AI. That's why AMD goes up on a not great report. I mean, why not own the leader? Why not own the leader? NVIDIA, you can talk about valuation saying eventually this bubble's bursting. But you know what? I don't think it's bursting anytime soon. I just don't feel it. I don't feel like we topped out at 666. Well, now it's support because you are now trading above that. So the high from Friday, uh, and if you're looking for a gap fill, <laughs> that's 16 bucks away. The only thing I'll give you is the uh, in the pre-market, you did stall out under five, or excuse me, 687 twice on the last 215 minute bracket. So that means absolute. That means about as much as. 666 being the high on Friday, but uh, it, it, they're just leaning to try to find anything. And you know, and some people are bullish this stock still, but most people are not liking the stock because they don't own it. That is what and most people, you know, and I obviously have done this one right, but you know, maybe I'm gonna be maybe I'm gonna regret it. Maybe the AI thing is gonna be a bubble and it's not gonna work out. And people believe that, man. They believe that this AI thing is just, you know. The, you know, the whatever it is, the blockchain of, you know, 2024, and it's all a bubble, and it's all going to end in tears. I don't think it is. I think AI is different. I think AI is going to everything. Is competition going to come for NVIDIA? Yeah, eventually, but it isn't here today. It's not here today. Yeah. So uh, did, maybe did when the competition what, starts, you, you think I ring the register, but competition is coming tomorrow. Did, did you hear what uh, Gates said about AI? No. He said, he said that... Um, uh, people are going to work less, be more efficient, and have more money, is what he said. Well, that was the people. It's <laughs> going to, and again, it's going to make the gap wider. Unfortunately, where you know you've got, we we were talking about. Look at think about what, what we're talking about here, and it actually is probably bad for the world overall because we're talking about. You know, the, 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 the jobs where a, a lot of people, you know, blue collar jobs, a lot of good people, blue collar jobs. That's what we're talking about replacing here. And we're talking about replacing them with, you know, other, you know, AI technology jobs. So education, folks, is going to be so important going forward. Like, I mean, education has always been important, but it's going to be even more important. So make sure your kids are doing well in school, getting educated here. Because there will be those, you know, normal tasks that are going to be done by bots, you know, like, and, and, it, and it's scary, actually, to a certain extent. So it's going to be that gap wider, where the wealthy get wealthier, now they got bots serving them, and the poor can't afford that. So they're going to, you know, it, it, it's actually kind of tough that way. But you can't argue with where we're going. There's no putting, you know, the genie back in the bottle here. This AI is here. It's coming. It's, you know, it, it's for real, folks. Uh, all right. I see Elon in the chat brought up a point, you know, that I was going to say to Dennis, that the only thing I can think of to where uh, NVIDIA would say anything negative in report at all is if it's saying it has supply issues meeting the demand. But I think we're past all those supply chain issues from COVID. So I wouldn't be too worried about that. But they, that could, they might that say just, that. That could just is be it's like, still a bad thing that you can't meet demand. You no, know, what's the no. worst thing is when you don't have demand. And there are so many companies out there that are like you know not doing as well like i mean you can go and see the separation here go to the iwm joel just talk about oh, it here for boy, a second oh, i mean there is a complete separation in the tale of two markets here the iwm still sitting what 25 percent from its all-time high full of a lot of companies that are depending on lower rates and the powell talking about not lowering rates anytime soon again reminding us market the prices and nothing he wasn't going to go on 60 minutes and said Look, folks, I changed my mind. We are going to lower in March. He pivoted he it wasn't, again. He wasn't going to go on and say that. So, But this market, that price is in absolutely nothing, is like, oh, my gosh, to your point when you started the show, Joel, he's not going to cut in March. He really isn't going to cut in March. And then they hammer the IWM and they hammer the TLT down on that. So, I mean, sm smart money 
just bets on the obvious. And that's what this market, it's been like that for 24 years. Smart money just betting on the obvious. I mean, you can go and crunch numbers and figure things out and try to find, you know, different reasons to buy dogs or different, you know, but just take the simple trade. The simple trade, honestly, probably, if we, and I did not realize, I wish I would have known, I did not realize Powell was speaking. When was that announced it was going to be on 60 Mets? But I didn't oh, I did not. I did not catch it until over the, over the weekend. But did we you know, know that on Friday? I, I, because I the people who knew that on Friday, if you were short in the IW and the TLT into that, congratulations. That was smart money, man. I did uh, not know that he was speaking, or I would have wanted to be short the IWM and the TLT going into that. Uh, one comment that I in the chat here that I want to – I think we can have some fun with this one before we move on to earnings uh, from yeah. Pedro. He said, AI won't fix your house appliances. You know what? I disagree with that uh -huh. because what they'll do is, first of all, they'll use AI to diagnose it when you call the place, and mm. then they'll send a robot out to fix it. Yeah. So isn't that a isn't that kind of AI where they diagnose it without even coming I'll, out? I'll take it even a step further. Well, who, we we did have or sorry, go ahead, Dennis. I was gonna say I'll take it a step farther, and I think in your appliances, eventually there could be like AI chips in the appliances where they fix themselves. They diagnose. They diagnose what the problem. I'm I'm talking not next week, but right. I'm talking further out. They self-diagnose. I mean, Tesla, you know, the Teslas to a certain extent can do, you know, they can do updates themselves. They just got a chip in there where they're speaking to them. And they can fix them remotely. So even if the appliances can't fix themselves, there's somebody that can fix it remotely and they don't even have to send somebody out. So, and I we, mean, there's so much use cases for all of this stuff. The use cases are astronomical. And that's why it's so exciting to talk about. Like, think about, you know, since we've been doing the show the 10 years, how many things, you know, how many little bubbles we created? The pot stock bubble. Oh. You know, and we poo-pooed that because I'm like, it's a greenhouse full of pot plants worth $7 billion, but the greenhouse full of tomato plants worth $5 million. That make any sense. That's why the pot stocks eventually all tanked. It didn't make long-term sense. The bubble didn't matter. In the short term, we know valuation doesn't matter if the story is hot. But that story was going to get cold eventually, and that's why a lot of people lost their money in the pot stocks. But think about all the other stories, the blockchain. We talked about, you know, the blockchain, the blockchain. I never really got the blockchain. Maybe it's coming. But, you know, really, that's taking a backseat. That felt like a bubble, too. And all those blockchain stuff. So people changed their name to blockchain and getting on board, all that. The Bitcoin bubble never went away, but the crypto bubble kind of did. You know, all those other crypto stocks like Doggy Coin and all the other ones that were out there. The Bitcoin stays. I'm long Bitcoin. I think it's the only one you need. Um, so that stays. But. You know, there's been a lot of bubbles as we've done this show for over 10 years here now, Joel. This is the one bubble that maybe the stocks will, maybe they're overvalued for right now. Maybe they've come up too much. Maybe we need a pullback. Sure, a healthy pullback. But I don't think the story is going to go away. You know, like the pot stock story went away. The blockchain story has gone away. I don't think the AI story is going away. Well, let's move on to some earnings real quick. We did have some big companies reporting this morning. Let's start with Mickey D's, of course. Uh, I actually got some Mickey D's over the weekend. Still good, guys. Still, uh, you know. What'd you get? Quarter pounder? Mc, McDouble, McChicken. No, I mean, so I, so I use the app, which, first of all, I will say this. I mean, inflation, especially in food away from home, is, is one of the areas where it has persisted. I'd be curious to see what the CPI on food is if everyone used, you know, the the coupons available and deals on apps and stuff. Because I had an app for like a one dollar fry or something at McDonald's, used that and then got a McDouble and a McChicken, and it was like buy one get one for a dollar. So I got like all this food, and my total was like eight bucks. I was like, oh, okay, like I, I thought this was about to be, you know, fifteen the way people have been talking about McDonald's. But let's get to the numbers uh, real quick. EPS beat. Came in at two bucks and ninety-five cents, uh, beat by twelve cents. Revenue missed by forty million, six point four billion came in at, uh, and and the company cited, uh, you know what's going on in the Middle East as why revenue was a little bit lower than expected, um, because of course McDonald's has these restaurants all around the world and they license you know their their recipes and products out, and I don't I mean I don't know how much of this is actually like you know directly impacting McDonald's numbers versus them just saying, oh yeah, there's a war going on. Our numbers were slightly down and kind of using it as kind of as, as an excuse maybe, but either way stock, not really doing much before the open down about a percent, but mixed bag for earnings for Mickey D's. 
Well, they already have the automated tellers. So, I mean, the you know, AI trade, yeah, eliminated the, yeah. some of those jobs. I'm trying to think of the AI story in Mickey D's. I guess you have the bots making the burgers and all that. And maybe that's going to help their margins. And I mean, I feel sorry for all the kids that are in like high school there and they're going to struggle to get jobs because the bots are going to come in and do all those jobs. And that's the truth, folks. It's going to be those high school kids that are looking, you know, save some money for university there. And those jobs aren't there. So that's, you know, the sad part about well, AI. It's, those I will say starter I mean, jobs are going to be taken by bots. We did have a, a guest recently. I believe it was Eric Kroll say that he believes that that the white collar jobs actually in the short term are more at risk for AI. And I mean, you even see that like here, like people can use chat GPT, whatever, to start helping write emails or doing this spreadsheet or this project. Whereas this type of blue collar job replacement you're talking about, Dennis, I do think is still years and years down. I mean, like, you know, maybe you, it's a long way. You look away. in the kit, you look at the kitchen of a McDonald's and it's still, there's a lot of automation going on in terms of you a know, lot they, of people working in there, but yeah, there's a lot of people working in there. And I think yeah. it's like you said, people are working less because they put the cup there and the Coke fills up automatically, but the person still has to, you know, hand you the soda and, but they don't have to manually do it. So maybe in the short term, it'll actually get better for the workers because they'll get you know, they won't have to do as Maybe. much but they'll get to keep their jobs and then eventually down the road like you're saying you'll go up to a mcdonald's and there might be one person overseeing the whole thing but i think all that's still a ways away i hope I, yeah, I hope it can work i hope you know we can keep all those jobs and i do hope you know that there's going to be a place for ai and all this the, the one thing i'll say is though it's not my job as a trader to worry about all that stuff because I can't control that stuff. It's my job to take advantage of pricing inefficiencies. And it's my job to buy, you know, the storied stocks at good and reasonable valuations. And that's why I think I got to stay long NVIDIA. I think I got to be looking at other AI plays on pullbacks here because it's not going away, folks. Uh, if I looked in the back at a fast food restaurant, I like on the floor and everything that's going on i probably wouldn't eat there man sometimes those places are pretty uh pretty uh nasty but uh technical comments on uh mcdonald's uh major resistance at 298 that's just below the old time high over 300 bucks so keep an eye on 298 you're quite a ways away from that right now and on the downside yeah we did get to 290 in the pre-market but it looks like you have a little channel going here with uh, a, a trio of lows at the 288 levels. So it looks like it's been pretty, uh, you know, a free movement between those levels. But until you can bust above 298, I'd say, you know, you've got major resistance. And uh, if you're looking to buy, maybe you want to you wanna hold out uh, for this 288 area. S&P's leaking here, Dennis. We uh, leaked last night. We had a rebound. Yeah. And... Uh, we just got a little bit of weakness again here, so uh, that's what that's what I'm seeing in the market. You seen any any news to you apply to their rotation here, Joel? And okay. this is again know your relationships, understand when the TLT is down a dollar twenty seven, and it is getting hit here, uh, basically after it got hit really hard on Friday. So it's actually surprising how well the IWM held up on Friday. Well, it's not holding up that well here now. And I continue to lighten up my small caps on rallies here because I think we've got the tale of two markets here going to happen again. I don't think, I thought originally, you know, I was trying to get on, you know, board. There was, we had a lot of guests coming on saying this is going to be here, the catch up trade for small caps. It's just I'm afraid not there. that's not happening. It's just I'm not afraid happening. there's no story there to drive it. That, that's the main thing. There's no story, but rates are not helping any of these companies here. You have, it seems like earnings warnings coming from some of these small caps all over the place. And not that it's been like crazy, but, you know, we've had some significant stocks, you know, like, you know, some smaller companies gap down significantly here. I mean, it's the tale of two markets and it's not the small cap market. And I don't think that's coming anytime soon. That's why, you know, I, like I said the other day, I sold IWM, some of my IWM. I've sold a lot of it now, like 70% of the position. And I bought more NVIDIA. And people said, are you nuts? I had people saying, you're selling IWM at a PE, because the IWM's PE is like 14 or 15, and buy NVIDIA up at a PE of 1,000 because they look at trailing and they don't look at you know what the real PE is, which is about 29 or 30. Um, and they think I'm crazy. Well, on that trade, in a week, I sold IWM around 198. 192. So I'm up like 2%. If I would, I would have been down 2%. And on in that NVIDIA second position, 
I think I rebought it at 620. It's 680. So I'm like, I'm up 10%. Crazy percentage. It's crazy. And again, you know, this is stocks don't go straight up, folks. We're not going straight to a thousand. We're going to have pullbacks. You know, it is a little bit getting a little bit parabolic here to a certain extent as well. But what, look what happened with AMD. We talked about this. What happened with AMD on the report? It pulls back. It's back in two days. They're so hungry for this trade. Money managers are so underinvested in this trade. They're in all these value names. And I was in a lot of the value names too. I'm trying to rebuild my portfolio because I can kind of see the writing on the wall here. That value is taking and staying. It's been taking a backseat for a long time. But it just doesn't feel like it's imminently turning around. Yeah, I mean, this move in NVIDIA, we have talked about just how crazy it is. But a lot of times the market is is pricing this in for a reason. It's like we're talking about this company's about to report in two weeks. And like, what are the odds, like you said, Dennis, that they do bump up guidance, that the company does Pretty bump high. up guidance. And, and seeing the stock move, that makes me more convicted that they will. Because it seems like people out there, you know, I'm not saying, oh, everyone knows something we don't know. But they, you know, usually the market... Uh, is kind of forerunning this stuff when there is strength expected. Uh, but let's move on to some other earnings. We had Caterpillar report this morning to ticker C-A-T, cat. Uh, EPS came in at 523, beat by about 50 cents. Revenue came in slightly below expectations, seven point, or 17 point uh 07 billion versus 17.11 billion so slight miss there but it was still record revenue for caterpillar stock trading up about five percent construction spending i mean we, we talk about tech stocks all we want but how caterpillar and companies like this are doing you know sh- shows me or at least i might take away from it is like oh the real economy people construction spending like all that is still good right now so i think this is uh, you know, a good sign for the overall American economy. Caterpillar, again, I mean, you look at Friday closed up two and a half percent today, up another four and a half percent. So pretty big move for Caterpillar. New all time highs. Yeah, um, I think it is actually. And this has been an unbelievable stock there, too. Um, I did not foresee this one. Um, it's not the AI story, which is good. You know, you do have some companies that are not AI companies going. And this one's been one. That has gone. Valuation has been a driver here too. The valuation has always been cheap on this stock for a very long time. I think it trades. We just quickly do the fun little uh, Benzinga Pro and look at where the PE is. It is 17, 4P is 15. So, I mean, it's trading under a market multiple still. Companies firing on all cylinders. It is cyclical, folks. But if we've called off the recession, and again, when Powell pivoted, Maybe that was your green light to like buy stocks like Caterpillar. You know, it was your green light to buy everything. It's just that, you know, we've seen a stall out in some companies here in early 2024. We haven't seen that in Caterpillar here. And it's a good report. Would I be buying it up here? 14? No, No, I don't know what the story is going forward. And it is cyclical. So if, you know, the economy does slow in any ways, this is a stock that gets hit first. So I actually think I'd be ringing the register on Caterpillar. It's just not my stock. Wow, 337. Now, I don't know what the expected move is on it. And I guess if you were using the expected move on Meta, you would have gotten rolled over. But I mean, this is Caterpillar up 1441 at 329.50. I'll give you, I mean, I'll give you that pre market high. I don't know if you're going to get there here in a week tape. So I would just look at the next high on the 15 minute as 335. New all-time high on Friday, so will you get a gap fill today? Uh, that's under 318. Maybe not. Big move on Friday into the port report. Let's see if anyone rings. If it opens up like at a whole number, let's say it opens up at, at like 330, and you don't get like a 330, 10 bid, you know, 10, 20, a half, 60 bid, then I'd be careful. I'd be careful on the downside here. So. I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm with you, Joel. I don't think this is one I'm chasing. All right. Well, let's bring on our guest today. We've got Jeremy Schwartz from Wisdom Tree hanging out backstage. He's been hanging out for a minute. So without further ado, let's give Jeremy our very special pre-market prep welcome. When we come back, we'll see uh, Jeremy's thoughts on the markets. All right, Jeremy Schwartz from Wisdom Tree. How are you doing this morning? Good to see you guys. Thanks for having me on. Okay, the first thing I'd like to do before is that yeah, you're one of our guests that kind of sneaks in early 
and uh, listens to what we're saying and uh, take some notes. Maybe you come at us with an opposite opinion or you come out with a confirming opinion. So I just want to start out with that before we get to your topics. Well, yeah, no, I well, I, I brought up a few ideas to, uh, yeah, it's good to hear what you are talking about. It's not a surprise. We're all talking AI as the big story of the year. I agree with that. You know, all your comments, Dennis, on that this is the long lasting, this is not a short cycle of how long we're going to be talking about AI. This is a real deal technology of who's benefiting. Um, you know, I'm sympathetic to your point on small caps versus NVIDIA. I mean, I hear you. I mean, I, I've been one of those people saying small caps we like for the year that we think, you know, that small caps were priced for a recession and that they're, you know, part of what Powell did by being showing flexibility in the approach. We, we were worried if the economy started weakening, he was going to stay stubborn, that inflation is the number one concern and wouldn't start cutting. And so we think small caps were sort of priced for this recession. And we're not saying we're fully out of the woods on having no recession this year, but they've lowered the probability that if things start worsening, they're going to cut. Um, now they're pushing back when they think things are going to get start cutting, but that that's one thing that's beneficial for small caps. We do think there's a value story there. Um, but I, I was going to show... Um, let me see. Can I can I present? Yeah, yeah. Let me see if I could share a screen. Let's see. Yeah, we love works. that. Um, window entire screen. Okay. Yep. Um, I th I think. Um, do we have? Does it is it sharing or or not yet? Not yet. Once it pops up, I'll be able to throw it on. Uh, maybe then. Maybe it's something. Uh, let's see. Window. Um, yeah. Present. There you, we go. Okay. Okay, so these these are two of our ETS tied to the AI story. You know, we launched QGRW back in December, right at the bottom What's of. What's the, the symbol on that one again, Jeremy? QGRW for quality yeah. growth. QGRW. Yeah. Um, it's basically been in all the magnificent seven names. It's doubled the S and P since we launched it, uh, and so I'd say if the AI story continues to work, it's. I mean, it's not specifically just selecting AI stock, but it owns all the AI leaders. It's it's looking for profitability and growth within the large cap space. It's sort of our version of the NASDAQ, you could call it. You know, the NASDAQ is sort of a weird collection of stocks just trading on the NASDAQ. Uh, it's not going to always be in, you know, if it happens to be trading there. This is actually trying to select the real growth companies that have profitability. So it's definitely benefiting. If you think AI broadens, though, beyond just those Magnificent Seven, we do have a ticker WTAI for the theme of AI. And you can see it's interesting. The mega caps are the ones dominating. The broader one, which is a little bit more equally weighted than just the Magnificent Seven, that would be a second ETF that would go after the same theme, but in a, a little bit of a uh, sort of more diversified version of it. Beautiful. Well, Jeremy, what kind you know, of, you, just before you leave, what kind of companies like do you have any names that are in there? Like just, you know, because obviously everybody knows the NVIDIAs and the AMDs and they know SMCI now. What else is in there? So here's the top holdings of both of them. I mean, in, in the Q, Q grow, it's really the big. The yeah, big always company. is. But in, you know, in, in, in the AI version, which is a little bit more equally weighted, it has some of those names, but also has a bunch of the semiconductors. It'll have companies that are using AI. Um, so we try to find the innovators in it. It'll have things in the EV transition, self-driving cars and in the hardware side of it. So it'll have a combination of the software companies, the hardware companies, the semiconductor companies. It's you know 40% semiconductors, but it's gonna be a, a broader, more flatter uh, cross-section of holdings. So, Jeremy, you mentioned, you know, the recession risk for this year is still not zero, but they've lowered the odds. I mean, last week with the economic data we got, is there, I mean, are the jobs coming in too hot? That was kind of the fear right when the number came out and then the market dipped a little bit pre-market and then people seem to be, oh, wait, more jobs. That's that's not bad. We can buy these stocks. And then the market turned around. I mean, are you worried that with the, the, the data we got last week will indicate that inflation's picking back up or anything like that? Well, so a few different points here on both inflation and the jobs. So I'll show you our version of inflation in a second. I mean, we, we actually described the report as a kind of a strange report. And one of the stranger reports that we've talked about in that. All right. So, yes, the headline figure was very good. Rates started moving on that figure. Wages were very good. 
Um, but the the concern was the collapse in hours worked. You know, the hours worked went from 34.3 to 34.1. And that you only really see in recessions. I mean, that's kind of a negative. And actually, so that the total hours worked went down. Now, people are saying that's just weather. And then the question is, well, what was the weather in January that actually caused people not to show up to work? Was it really that bad of weather that the that that you really saw that collapse? So we're going to be watching that hours worked closely um to see if that was a real transitory spike down and it comes right back up and and you're and it was just really the weather but that it you could say it wasn't quite as strong as just the headline numbers as you saw there but we actually have been describing this economy as the goldilocks scenario that you're not really seeing such strength that they need to keep hiking um so now it's just a matter of when they start cutting now our view on inflation um i don't know if, if you can show my screen again yeah um, you know we have this measure i put out on twitter that we call sort of the alt inflation indicators so much of inflation is now coming back to shelter inflation which is 40 percent of core cpi 30 percent of headline and the official number in the BLS numbers, like 6.2%. But is that really what's happening in the real world? You know, there's a apartment list rental index that's been negative for eight months in a row, negative 1%. Even the Cleveland Fed has their own sort of more real-time that's showing negative 5%. So you've got sort of real-time rents versus the shelter in the BLS number that's very, very lagged. You can see back in 2022, when the real data was spiking, their number our official core inflation would be something like 12% when the actual only core inflation was six, six and a half percent. But now it would say you plug in this more real-time rent and the actual inflation is like sub 1%. So you could say, you know, you heard Powell say, all right, we've seen six months tracking below 2%. If he looked at the real world data, we'd say he could say he could start cutting now because you're basically below his goal. Um, but you know, you can understand why he's being slow. They're going to move things down if the economy weakens. Uh, and that's, that's sort of the key point on that we, that we take from. Power. Yeah. And you see that from other, you know, kind of third party trackers of inflation, trueflation, which yes. has their whole methodology shows that inflation, you know, real time is under 2%. And that's one of the biggest criticisms of CPI is that with this shelter, with what people are paying for rent is so lagging because people signed 12 month leases. So it's looking at what people, you know, signed a lease for 12 months ago, not what people are paying today for apartments or for rent or for whatever they're paying for shelter. Um, so I guess looking at now, I mean, the big news last week uh, before Meta was about Jerome Powell kind of uh, saying, no, you know, we're, we're, we're not looking at a March rate cut. So do you guys think that there still will be multiple rate cuts this year, Jeremy? And if so, when can we expect those to start? Well, I mean, he's guiding you to the summer, May or June, but the question, it, it will be, they'll react to the data. So if, if all of a sudden you have this, you're starting to see job losses, he'll start lowering it. So it, it's really going to be data dependent. Um, our, our view was it wasn't that he delivers the five to six cuts that were priced in. It was that, that actually he showed the flexibility. If things are weakening, they're not going to say we have this inflationary problem. And that was the key pivot that not that they're actually going to cut on uh, how many specific cuts. It's like, if, if necessary, they will. Um, and so I, I, you know, I, 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 we, we'd say that it's, I mean, it's looking like may at the moment, but uh, we'll see as the data evolves. Uh, we're on the line with Jeremy Schwartz, Global Chief Investment Officer at Wisdom Tree Funds. Uh, Jeremy, I just want to talk about diver diversification um, in this market. And, uh, you know, we've always talked about, uh, you know, bonds and stocks and, yeah. uh, you know, other aspects of the market. But are, the, are, are bonds is uh, diversified? Uh, bonds and stocks here, are they, they going to go the same way here? Or you think they're going to take diff go different courses? Well, I heard you guys say it already earlier. I mean, Dennis was talking about the TLTs and the move in bonds. If you knew that rates were moving up, small caps are getting hit more than anything. But you used to have this risk off trade where when 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 any bad news, whether it's a recession, a financial crisis, terrorist attack, what would happen? Stocks would go down, but bonds would go up. Yields would fall. 
that's not what's happening now because inflation has been top of mind. And you know, my view is inflation is coming down. You don't have to worry about it this year. But if you're buying a 30-year bond, it's not just what happens to inflation for the next 12 months. It's what happens to inflation for the next 30 years. And and so that memory of we had no inflation for four decades. Now we have this memory of we had very high inflation. And there's all sorts of things, debt deficits, all, you know, we just now have inflation as top of mind. And so the higher correlation, you've seen a spiking correlation. It's basically back to as high as it was during the 70s and 80s. When you were getting insurance protection, when bonds would do well, when stocks didn't, you, you, you were willing to accept a lower yield. And you could say 300 to 400 basis points lower yields were explained by shifting from positive to negative correlation. So this shift is a big shift. And, and if, it, if, if the correlation stays high, it means bond yields need to stay high. And so, you know, it, it goes back to should you be chasing duration in the long run? People have been screaming 4% on the 10 year. Now we need to lock that in before the Fed starts cutting. We're saying you could still get five and a half percent in treasuries. Why chase that long bond? Oh, um, you know, by I by agree. contrast, the dollar is diversifying. You know, what what's been actually going up in the last few weeks? The dollar is going up. Uh, our friend JC Press, I'm sure you've had JC on All Star Charts, has been saying the dollar is his key risk indicator, which is what I'm seeing too. That the dollar, uh, rising bond yields, rising dollar. That's pressure for the, the market's been moving contrary to that. Is that so? Are you looking for a turn here? You know, I mean, because really the week that you know, the stronger dollar bad for the market here, but man, just looking at the price action here, are you looking for a little bit of a turn here over the next couple of weeks, maybe after the inflation data? Well, I think it goes to my 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 comment generally is that people have too much long duration bonds in their portfolio. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be chasing the long duration bond. I think the dollar, if you're going to look for diversifiers, I think the dollar is the better diversifier and not the bonds. And so I think that's that's one of the big conclusions. What about, what about going overseas? What about overseas? Uh, you talked to us before about uh, about China, China versus Japan here. Uh, also, India. Why don't you talk about some of the overseas markets? Yeah, no, we're, we're seeing a huge rotation. We saw about a billion dollars come into EPI last year, um, and it's continued to be hot to start the year. Um, you know, you saw overnight all these this action in the China small cap indexes, a plunge and then rebounded. But there's sort of this longer term move away from China. Everybody's been trying to catch the bottom of China. Our view has been it's, you know, all the actions you're seeing from their government is not actually getting at the root of the problems can be sluggish growth for some time. And the tension with China is not going away. So we actually like EPI over the longer term. Uh, the double line just had a round table. We had Gunlock, who's not one of the most bullish people, say you should buy India and put in your grandkids' college funds for the next few decades, that it could have a 10 times return over the next few decades, that it's basically where China was 30 years ago. We agree with that um thesis what's that, the main stocks in the india fund like are there like some main names that are traded over here just so you know our users can get a, you know, maybe a more direct look at it too yeah i've, I've got my uh screen open and comparing the um you can, show, you can see the top 10 holdings i'm assuming in is infosys I, I'm you've got reliance is their largest company both like energy but also they've got some plays in in sort of telcos you got a bunch of the big banks you could say with a big consumer growth, 7% GDP. Banks are going to be one of the places that benefits from all the lending that they do. They've got a few more, you know, this Tata Consulting is one of the big tech, you know, sort of outsourcing firms, emphasis one of the big outsourcing firms. So it's a combination of banks, energy, sort of growth to the local economy is, is what you see. All right, Jeremy, before we let you go, uh, we, we we can't go about talking, you know, the without talking about Meta's move last Friday, just an incredible move, finished up around 20%. I mean, do you think it's a little bit too much too fast? Are you expecting it to come down here, first dividend in company history, or do you think it's, uh, you know, all all gassed, we're still going to see this, this stock move higher? Well, it's fascinating. I mean, they were one of the, you know, when you think about the big AI trends, you know, one of the things I think it's also a bullish sign for the economy. You heard, basically, they called it the year of efficiency. They got rid of 25% of their workforce and their revenues were still up 25%. And 
you see how much more you could do with less people. You know, we actually are bullish on productivity over the next five, seven years. We do think the AI story is going to be real. I'd expect Google to pull out a similar thing at some point. You're starting to see little signs of their layoffs. They ramped up their infrastructure spending um, for the chips, but I expect them to do something similar to Meta where they, they, they actually get rid of a bunch of people and still actually have output go up. But I think so that part of my thesis on being careful on bonds is that real rates could stay persistently higher. That productivity story is going to be useful. But yeah, paying the first dividend is a key thing. It'll be interesting. You know, Microsoft paid its first dividend 20 years ago, 2003. Apple 10 years ago, 2013-ish. Um, you know, will the, the rest, Amazon, Google, these big tech companies, They've been holding out, um, but it's interesting to see you can have growth and return capital, not just through buybacks, you know, which is going to benefit all the stock option people. You could you could do it through dividends as well. It'd be interesting to see if that puts pressure on some. Yeah, the other. biggest thing is, is that, I mean, by paying a dividend, that, that opens it up to like a whole new ETF world, right? Including ours. New... We do a yeah. lot of dividend-weighted indexing. And, yep. you know, we're, 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 pro- yep, we're going to be uh, looking at when we would we add meta for that. Jeremy Schwartz, Global Chief Investment Officer at Wisdom Tree Funds, joining us here on this Monday morning on Pre-Market Prep. Jeremy, it's always great to have you on. Technically, fundamentally, globally, you cover it all for us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jeremy. All right. Again, that was the Chief Investment Officer, Jeremy Schwartz from Wisdom Tree. Smash the like for Jeremy. Great guest. We'll bring him on again soon. Just real quick, because, you know, Jeremy did mention uh, the the India trade, and I happened to see something about this on on X last night. I'm getting used to, by the way, calling it X instead of Twitter. I don't, I don't love I'll it. I'll never but... do that. Me and Joe are Twitter forever. <laughs> um, this is from Noah Smith. He's got a big following on Twitter. This is one of the best and most impressive things happening in the world today. India is conquering poverty. So you can see right here this chart, the poverty rate. And this isn't over like 50 years. This is going back to 2005. Oh, from 2005, the national poverty rate for Nvidia or for for Nvidia for, for India Nvidia. for India was over 50% and is now below 20% or yeah, below 20% looks like it's around like 17 or something. So nice. in, in a span of less than 20 years, you've seen po- the poverty rate drop more than 30% in India. I'm not I, I wish I had more color on this and exactly what they've been doing and what's going on, because that's just incredible. But Either way, I mean, they've people have talked about India for a while as one of these emerging markets. The population is obviously huge, huge growth potential, but the economic conditions there have not been great. So yeah. if you see those economic conditions start to improve, which it looks like they are, with that population growth and with how many people they have, then it seems like there is a clear opportunity there. Uh, now, it probably is something that you want to be choosy on. You don't want to just go out and buy anything India. Maybe you can. I don't know. But, uh, you, you know, I saw someone in the chat throwing some Indian names out there. So I'm going to do some research on this because as someone who plans on buying stocks, I'm going to hold for, you know, 20, 30 years, then I might have some opportunity here. Uh, the best thing about uh, uh, Twitter changing its name to X is uh, the pre-market prep bird is safe, right? You oh, know, yeah. For, yeah. The Elon can't bird. sue us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had that. And we got the worm and everything there. Ours looks completely different. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's go back to some earnings. We did have Estee Lauder, one of the leading companies Ooh, in, the boy, co- oh boy. in the cosmetic and makeup space. Talk about layoffs. I mean, the I, it's unbelievable. The company's rallying on layoff news. And I just like take it at face value and it's like, we're laying off people. Usually you lay off people when your business is slow. But this is not what, you know, we want cost cutting. We want efficiency. We want the fat out of these companies. And we're going to rally these stocks 16% because, you know, they're cutting 5% of the workforce. Fire people and we rally the stock. I mean, it's kind of counterintuitive to a certain extent. Don't you want like companies? We need more people because we can't meet demand. I don't. I don't know. It's just 
But that's what they're doing. The market is just rewarding layoffs left, right, and center. Yeah, and it's kind of a, a, a feedback loop because the market rewards companies for announcing layoffs. Then other companies that may not even need to lay people off are like, oh, we can get a nice little 5%, 10% stock boost. All we got to do is oh, announce a couple a, a couple layoffs. So you've been seeing you know, a lot of con- economists have been talking about that copycat effect, especially in the tech world. Uh, and if you see, you know, the layoffs stay contained, which obviously Estee Lauder isn't really a tech company, but if you see the layoffs for the most part stay contained to the tech sector, it's not going to, you know, scare me too much. But then you did see, I mean, like UPS and, and some of these other companies. So something to watch for. But I mean, clearly from the jobs numbers last week, at least so far from what we're seeing in the data, nothing to be, you know, too concerned about yet. But yeah, Estee Lauder beat on EPS 88 cents for 55 cent uh, EPS estimate. Sales came in at 4.28 billion versus 4.19 billion estimate. So double beat. And the announcement of some layoff stock is is booming this morning. It is, man. Up near, well, you got over 160. You had a daily high at that 160 area. Uh, so pre-market high, 161. So if you're looking for a target, like if you want to scoop this up off the open, you better make sure it gets up to this 160, 161 area um, in a jiffy. On the downside, 135.82, 20 bucks away. That's the top of yesterday's range. You may have to wait a long time for a gap fill. I think, what about the back to office, right? Ladies are, you know, the people, I just don't want to say ladies. I guess a lot of people wear makeup. Uh, going back to the office, so that might be a little bit of a boost. Look at Alf Beauty. Holy mackerel. Oh, oh you were really, they've eaten their one. Oh, yeah. my I mean, Elf Lord. Beauty is completely. Elf and, Elf, and, Elf and Ulta have been the leaders in this space, whereas Estee Lauder has been kind of the older, you know, laggard. Uh, Elf, of course, makes a, a little bit of a cheaper product that you can get at like Walgreens, CVS. So it's got a wider customer base than Estee Lauder's. Well, Estee Lauder's so big now that they have products all across the range. But in general, Estee Lauder's a, a little bit more upscale compared to Elf. But Joel, I was going to I had a good transition. I was going to go from EL to ELF because ELF is reporting uh, this week. Let me get the exact date on that. I think it's Wednesday. <clears throat> I don't have it on my list. I should have been. Elf is Tuesday one. after the close. And then, so, you know, we've, we've only got three minutes left. So let's go over some of the other companies reporting sure. this week. Uh, we'll go, let's try to go in chronicle, chronological order because I'm not that smart and that helps me at least. So, um, Palantir today after the close. That's going to be your big one after the close. Nothing really, I don't think that we care about too much. I mean, Chegg, which has been a disgusting looking chart. I don't want anything to do with Chegg. Tomorrow morning, Tuesday, we have Eli Lilly, which some people are are saying it's is now in today. Our net is now in the magnificent seven. We'll see. I mean, maybe we'll I looked for up. something oh, on Kramer. that. Did you see something on Lilly? Dennis? I didn't even look. It just goes I up, did. Joel. The strong <laughs> gets stronger, the weak get weaker. Welcome to this market that we have been in. It feels like forever. And that just continues here. I mean, the Lilly story is just unbelievable driver of the price. The valuation's crazy on this thing. Maybe it's going to be the biggest drug of all time, and maybe it's going to grow into that valuation. But, I mean, holy mackerel, there's a lot of good news priced into that puppy. Uh, so then we tomorrow morning, again, we got Eli Lilly. You have BP. You have Spotify. Um, Pfizer. Uh, but then going into the afternoon, you will have Toyota, Snapchat, Ford, Chipotle, MicroStrategy, Fortinet. Uh, a lot of big companies reporting after the close on Tuesday. So many names. And then Wednesday, we'll have Alibaba, Uber, CVS, uh, Disney after the close, PayPal after the close. So just let's just boil it down to kind of your, your biggest ones this week. Um, I mean, you have Snapchat as well, which the, the 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 now the bar is set a little bit higher for Snapchat after Meta's report. Sure. Um, but then, you know, I would say let's look at the other big ones. I'd say, you know, people will care about, Disney a lot on Wednesday. Disney's been kind of under under scrutiny the past year or so. So if Disney Disney's got to at least put out an okay report, the way I see it, otherwise investors might be getting a little bit more restless with this stock. A lot yeah. of Fed speak. Ar- Arm is on Wednesday too, I believe. Arm oh. is on Wednesday as well. Yep, after the yeah, call. and that's an AI play. So I would expect ARM. I have no position in it now, but I think I might get positioned ahead of this. I would expect ARM to run up into this report. 
So and again, if market poos and goes south and, you know, keep NVIDIA on your screen if you're trading ARM because NVIDIA is still the leader here, but ARM barely up here today. If NVIDIA can, you know, start attacking 700 here, I think eventually ARM is going to start moving with it, especially since the reports. I don't think I want to take it through the report. I'm not sure about that, even though it's probably going to be good. Um, but I think owning ARM ahead of this report, you got a couple of days here, isn't a bad strategy. A lot of Fed speak. A lot of Fed speak this week. You have uh, Bostic at 2 p.m. today. You have Mester tomorrow at noon. Then uh, on Wednesday, uh, Kugler, Barkin, and Bowman. And then also uh, Barkin again at the end of the week. So uh, those intraday moves, uh, you can go to your Benzinga Pro and you can uh, – you can see what what they have to say. I can't imagine them saying much different than what we've heard from Powell the last couple of days. Who pivoted? And what's it called? What do you call it when you repivot? Um, a D pivot? Um, an X pivot? A travel? A, a travel? Yes, that's what we can. Uh, that's what we can call what uh, Mr. Powell did to us. And well, Powell, all right. Don't kid yourself. People asking why the TLT is down. It's Powell comments. You know they were hoping to go on. And talk back as maybe his comments about you know ah oh, you know no 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 rate cut in March you know maybe but then he says three rate cuts expected for the year it doesn't sound like March is even even remotely on the table here so he reiterated his comments there which tanked the market market forgot about it for a day and then market was reminded on 60 minutes and you would see the separation happening here where tech stocks are holding up fairly well because that works you know in a higher rate environment we know that we've been in a higher rate environment those stocks have worked well and tlt just does not and iwm just does not so powell knocking tlt iwm down today boom well it is 9:01 a.m eastern time to wrap up today's episode joel what do we got coming on tomorrow T3 Tuesday, we'll be talking to Derek Oldensmith and uh, getting his outlook on the market. Uh, we're going to go out down 15 handles, just hanging above the pre-market low. So you got your numbers on the upside. Those will be your closing prices from Friday. And uh, on the downside, uh, I'm not going to get too excited on the downside, even if we take out this pre-market low. But if we press it below 49.60, Look out, not much there for support going into Friday's low, which was down at 49, 40, yeah, 49, 49, 25 and a half. Well, make sure to tune in for with us tomorrow for T3 Tuesday. Will be a great show. Thank you to Jeremy Schwartz who joined us today again from Wisdom Tree. Smash the like if you have not already and make sure to stay tuned right after this for Benzinga's live trade. And we'll see you guys tomorrow, bright and early, 8 a.m.